If you're like most people, you wouldn't go more than a day, maybe two, without a shower. Some people even toss on a hat after a day of not washing their hair just to run to the grocery store. And maybe you can identify with the joyous anticipation of jumping in a shower after working out or working in the yard on a hot day. So you can only imagine the desire to just be clean for those who live on the streets with no access to a shower for weeks or months. One Tennessee couple saw this need and figured out a way to not only offer showers, but hope to the homeless people in Nashville. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. Finding ways to provide food for the homeless? Yes, of course. We get that. So many others get that too. But Paul Schmitz and his wife realized that there was one specific need going unmet, a place for people who are homeless to shower. Paul, thanks for joining us today from Nashville. I'm glad to be here. Well, there was a short time in my life where I lived overseas, and I live—I happened to live in a place that didn't have um, running water. And I can remember very clearly the feeling of what it was like to um, have my first chance at, at, like, this nice, hot, running water, Americanized shower. <laughs> and um, I learned firsthand just how easy it is to take that daily shower for granted. And I would imagine that a lot of people who are living in um, in America might take that for granted as well. But maybe you could help us understand what the typical situation is for somebody who's homeless. How are they able to get cleaned up? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Everything with with homelessness is a challenge, you know, trying to find a meal, trying to find safety, trying to find protection, trying to find a place to sleep at night. But we discovered that trying to find a shower is nearly impossible. And so when you're homeless, you're going to look at places that have public restrooms and you're going to, you know, you're going to try to clean up in the sink. Um, you're going to, if you have some money, you might go to a truck stop and and pay to get a shower. Um or if you have a friend who's got an apartment or you've got a friend who's got a hotel room for the day, you might try to grab a shower that way. But for most people, they just go without. If they find a, a creek or they find a river they can dip themselves into, well, that might work too. But for the most part, they just go without. Well, you sound like you're pretty knowledgeable about some of the systems and, and things that people who are homeless have to deal with on a regular basis. And I'm wondering um, how Shower Up came about. Like, what is your history with working with uh, the homeless population or what drove you to to identify this as a need that you could help with? You know, we've spent about uh, my, my wife and my family have spent about um, about 10 years or so. Uh, really hands-on working with those who are experiencing homelessness, um, providing meals, working with clothing, things like that. And as we had conversation, um, we really began to realize that there was a need for showers, there was a need for hygiene. And, uh, you know, we began kind of looking around at, at Nashville and looking at resources that were available and realized there just weren't any. And the idea came about for a mobile shower truck. And, you know, the, 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 the way that we could actually go and, and be where they are, 
you know, be where the camps are, be where um, where there are people already doing meals and clothing, where we could supplement with showers. And so the genesis really came about from conversation and from realizing that there was an unmet, uh, unmet need, and maybe maybe we could do something about it. You know, I noticed something at the top of what you were saying there. You said people who are experiencing homelessness. And um, I love how you have taken this opportunity to not label a group of people as homeless, but um, use homelessness to actually just indicate something that they're experiencing at this time. And so um, I thought that was a really a great takeaway for me to um to continue to work on how I how I think about the people who are living around me, um, and I think about the people who might be living in, in the street as people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, I wonder how many people you come into contact with on a regular basis. How many people typically come to shower at Shower Up? Well, because we we partner with organizations that are also doing meals and clothing. Um, and, and these are grassroots organizations. Uh, some have been doing it for 10 years or longer. Uh, they'll meet, you know, in parking lots or under bridges, and they'll provide a meal. So we come along and, and work with them and, and supplement what they're doing. Uh, we find that that's the best way. You know, partnership is always such a great thing. But we find that's the best way to, to meet needs. So we will um, encounter almost every time we're out. Uh, anywhere from 200 to 400 people um, will be able to provide showers for nearly everyone who wants one. And keep in mind, not everyone wants one. Uh, some people have access. Um, some people just don't want to do it. So we will provide on an average uh, two to two and a half hour event that we do uh, anywhere from 40 to 50 showers. Wow. Um, we have two mobile shower units. Each one has uh, three showers in it. We call them shower suites. Um, because they're air-conditioned, they're secure, they're private, and they're clean and comfortable. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the units that you have? Yeah, we have, uh, we've got a converted box truck um, is one of our units, and that can go um, nearly anywhere. Um, and, you know, it was, it was our prototype. It was the initial thing we did. Um, and we discovered that if we could get three showers in there, you know, we could really help, you know, put a, put a dent into the need. In fact, in Nashville, um, which is, by the way, one of the, we have the distinction of being one of the worst cities in America for chronic homelessness. Forty percent, two out of five uh, of our of our homeless friends are going to be that way for years. So it's going to be long term. Um, so when we when we look at the numbers in Nashville, we see that we have you know. 5,000 to 10,000 people who are experiencing homelessness throughout any given time during a month and less than a dozen shower heads available to them throughout the mm-hmm. city. Um, when we came in with three, we thought, hey, this is great, but we saw the need was greater than, than even that. So we added a mobile shower trailer um, to, <laughs> to our, uh, wow. our fleet. Um, and, uh, and so now we can provide six showers uh, at a time. And the, and the showers are individual, so it's not a locker room. You literally go in, there's a shower, there's a sink, um, plenty of lighting, air conditioning, because um, we get hot here in Nashville, we get hot and humid during the summer, and we want people to be comfortable. I wanted this to be an experience as if you were coming to my home and you were you were visiting and you wanted to grab a shower. I wanted it to be that kind of a experience for you. So it's a it's clean, comfortable. You can lock the door. 
Um, and there's no time limit. Just take take a shower, take however long you need. And, uh, and that's what our guests experience uh, when they come and, and shower up. Well, I've seen some pictures of people hanging out, waiting for their turn. Um, and it looks like maybe you have an opportunity to um, get a chance to talk to people. And I'm wondering if you see the same people returning to use your services and what it's like to get to know their stories. Well, you know, the, the weight is our secret weapon. Um, the, the core of our mission starts with building relationships because honestly, you know, as, as people of faith, we, we know that the only way to really share the gospel, um, in a real way with people who already have heard of Jesus, who've already heard Bible verses, they may have even grown up in the church. It starts with relationship. And, and when you sit down with somebody who's waiting to get a shower, which is a very, personal thing in their in their life you're you're growing that relationship very quickly because you're providing something for them that has a deep personal impact on them so they're more likely to open up and share their story and share why they're there and share what their needs are and then they're also more open to having conversations of faith and and allowing us to, you know, pray for them and uh, and spend some time getting to know them. We have people that will come on a on a regular basis. Um, oftentimes, people will come, and once they kind of get the hang of of the schedule, uh, they will start to change how they look at themselves. And I always tell people this: we're not in the business of making dirty people clean. We're in the business of giving hopeless people hope. Because once they get a shower and they realize we're going to be there and they can count on us, they start thinking about things like getting jobs and getting housing. And we've had a number of people that have done just that. They've gotten jobs. They'll come back every once in a while just to see us and say hello. But, you know, we'll have some repeat customers, I call them, um, and probably about about 30 percent um, of the people we serve are first time. They, they're, they're coming down, they are newly experiencing homelessness, and they are looking for any help they can get. What's something, maybe you have a story of something that surprised you the most um, in offering this service. What surprised me the, and continues to surprise me is just how long some people will go without personal hygiene. And, 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 and what I didn't expect um, was not just the toll physically, you know, but the toll socially mm-hmm. and and personally in their lives. Um, one lady who came to 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 get a shower and and haircut. Um, we also provide haircuts, uh, which is a whole other uh, great endeavor uh, that our partners have uh, have provided. Um, she came and she said, "You know, you you've helped me to feel human again. You you don't look past me. You don't look over me." You help me to feel like a person. And, you know, when that kind of change happens, that's not because of a shower. A shower is part of the whole mix of it, but it's because there are people there that care. It's because there, there is an opportunity for them to realize that they are human. Just because they haven't had a shower, because they, they know they might smell bad or they know that, they, they know that they're not clean and, and they feel unattractive, we don't we don't see that. You know, we try to you know, our, our phrase is we shower grace, shower hope and shower love on people. And when someone says, You help me to feel human again, um, that that's just uh, that's a game changer right there. Yeah, I know that you see this as 
more than just an opportunity to offer somebody a shower. Um, How have you seen God at work in the midst of this ministry to the people in Nashville? Well, it's really interesting because people know that we are Christians. They know that we're, you know, people of faith, and they they know why we're doing this. So there is a sense, too, of where they'll come to us, and they may start a conversation with us about, about their own personal faith. And I always look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is such a great scripture you know, because here, here, all of Matthew 25 is, is parables. It's parables, parables. And then it comes down to the final judgment, and where Jesus talks about separating the sheep from the goats. And the sheep are the people that saw him hungry, saw him thirsty, saw him needing clothing, and provided that. And the goats are the ones that saw it but didn't do anything about it. And where I see God at work is, yeah, we're providing something for them. But the conversation and the life change that happens as a result of that um, is extra. It's it's like it's beyond. Um, we know there's a reward waiting for us, but the reward right now is that there are people whose lives are being changed, and they're seeing a different version of God than they normally do. They're seeing people who, you know, a lot of our volunteers, they're, they're there because their faith compels them. And they're seeing people of faith who will treat them like human beings. And it's really an amazing thing. As I hear you talk about the people of faith who volunteer for this service, I wonder what it is about your faith that moved you to take this type of action. (laughs) Well, if you would have said to me 20 years ago that I'd be doing this or anything like this, um, I would have not at all believed you. God changed my heart. I, I read a book uh, called Crazy Love by Francis Chan, yeah. and uh, that book um, really kind of wrecked me. It, it helped me to realize, though, that in my own personal life, uh, I have been a really good Christian, but not a super good Jesus follower. And when I read Matthew 25, and I saw that when Jesus said to the goats that he had separated, um, and these were people, I think, that genuinely, you know, believe they were doing the right thing, when he said to them, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. And that, when I read that um, almost 10 years ago, it completely, it was a two by four to my head. And, and, and I just was like, I've, I need a heart change. I need a heart change. It's not a, it's not a question for me of if I should serve the poor or if I should you know, give my time and resources to those that are, quote-unquote, the least of these, it's, it's an imperative. I, I, I have to do it. Um, and God changed my heart. So I don't feel like I'm doing this because I have to. God literally changed my heart. And the first time I had a conversation with someone who was on the street, I, I was instantly transformed. It became one of those things where once I took this step and actually had that conversation, I knew my heart was changed. And and I've never been the same since. So that's what that's what drives us. It's just a matter of we just know that there are people that need to be loved and cared for, and they need to they need to know that God is real. And one of the best ways we can do that is by providing something that they need physically, but they also need emotionally. What would you say is the thing that keeps you going in this ministry week after week? It's the stories of of lives. 
you know, we've got a uh, we've got a guy who's 40 years old. His name's Chico, and Chico was in foster care uh, because he and his younger brother had been abused as children, and uh, and what wound up happening was Chico ran away with his younger brother, tried to keep tabs on his younger brother and, and stay with him. He wound up in juvenile detention. He wound up uh, then going into gangs and experiencing gang life for several years, a dark period in his life, he'll tell you. But when he when he sits down with us, we don't see Chico, the former gang member. Um, we spend time with Chico, um, almost the, the little boy. Uh, he lets his guard down. And when that happens, in that moment, when someone lets their guard down and they share something like their story, which is so personal, we have a chance then to to speak into their lives. And that's what keeps us going, you know, because we're building relationships with folks who, quite honestly, they're they're just void of it. People don't want to talk to them. They, they want them to go away. They want to walk past them as fast as they can. And these are just folks like you and me who – Something happened in their lives. One or two things happened that radically changed their lives. So what keeps us coming back is these relationships. Paul, there are people who truly want to make a difference in this world, like you're doing, but maybe they just don't know how or what steps to take. They don't know how to begin. What would you tell them, and why is it worth it? Well, I, I can I can tell you that it's worth it because that's where I was, and I've experienced that. So I can absolutely tell you it's worth it. and. That question is actually um, is my subversive uh, reason for having shower up, and and yeah, we're, we're shower up is exactly what you what you know it is. But in my heart, what I hope happens is that someone will will come and volunteer, and we've we've seen this over and over and over again, and they've never done anything like this. We've done it. We've made it so our volunteers have an easy on ramp. Um, to volunteering. The, the jobs aren't difficult. They're easy to understand. We've made it, you know, really a, a focus. Our, our team focuses on our volunteers, especially first-timers, because what we hope will happen is that someone will come down and go, oh, I can do this. This, this isn't hard. And, and if, if they do this for a while, what I hope happens is that, is that they'll maybe say someday to themselves, you know, if I could, if I could go down and talk to a, a person on the street, Maybe I could talk to my neighbor about my faith, or maybe I could go to a prison and, and talk to somebody, or maybe I could provide a bottle of water for someone who's asking for money along the, the side of the road and have a conversation with them. So my subversive um, strategy behind all this is that people will experience what I've experienced, is that once you get in, and I would encourage anyone, whether it's something like Shower Up or whether it's um, providing meals with a, a, a group or through a church or wherever it is, take that step. Just do it the one time and see what happens. See see what God can do in your heart. Oftentimes we take that leap, and it's just a matter of we say, okay, tonight I'm going to not watch TV. I'm going to go do something. And you'll find, I, I, I believe, that your life can change. Well, Paul, it's certainly an inspiration to hear your story and your heart for ministry and those you're called 
by God to help and serve. And I hope that we, we too, are all moved to serve as you're serving the communities around the Nashville area. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. In the Bible, we read of those infected with the disease called leprosy. Anywhere they went, they had to call out, unclean, unclean, so others could be sure to avoid any potential contact. Naaman was one of those men. While society did all they could to avoid men like Naaman, Jesus had compassion. He sent Naaman to the Jordan River to dip in the water seven times. As he did so, he was healed, cleansed, and restored. This reminds me of Shower Up, showering grace, showering hope, and showering love to those who others might overlook. Won't you do the same? Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.